Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to The Catch with John Fisher on Blog Talk Radio, connecting life to faith. We're just trying to get it together, trying to help their fellow men, hoping we can make again to Blog Talk Radio to the catch on Blog Talk Radio and it's Tuesday night and we are going to have another uh, interesting brilliant discussion tonight about um, the red letters uh, of the Bible the words of Jesus this has been a topic we've been on here at the catch for about three or four weeks now. And uh, it's been a really great study. We've been, we've been looking at a lot of the words of Jesus. And I've been writing about them every day and uh, purposely trying to pick the more obscure ones, the ones we know the least about, and the ones that maybe are some of the hardest to understand because they run against, they, 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 they run against in many ways our the culture around us. So uh, the, in other words, the countercultural nature of Jesus. Um, but uh, there's a movement going on for about the last 10, 15 years to, uh, to, to emphasize the words of Jesus. Um, we are always meant to prioritize Jesus, but this is, uh, uh, we're going to talk about, this because uh, like anything um you know you can get carried away with uh emphasizing one thing too much um uh you know uh, paul even wrote at one point where people were dividing up and they were saying well i'm of apollos and i'm of peter and i'm of paul and others will say well you guys are all wrong i'm of jesus well but the point is if being of jesus leaves out the people who are with Apollos and the people with Paul, then you've got the wrong Jesus. So even Jesus uh, can be misused and misunderstood uh, in the church. So we, we've got to be careful about, uh, about this and smart about it. And, um, and yet I think there's something to the fact that people are, are, taking the words of Jesus more seriously now perhaps than they have in uh, in the recent past and um, so we want to talk about that Is uh, and what does that mean for us. Um, our guest to help do that is not new to the catch. He is our friend uh, Doug Stevens who's been with us I think at least two other times and uh, we've had great great conversations with Doug. He's a great thinker and has been a pastor for a number of years, has been a leader of pastors and an interim pastor. In fact, we'll have to find out exactly what he's doing right now. Uh, But uh, Doug, welcome back to Blog Talk Radio. Thank you, John. Delighted to be back with you. Thanks for asking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And now you are in 
are you in Texas now? Are you in Austin? Is that right? Well, Austin, Texas, yes, our uh, home base, but I'm actually doing another uh, transitional pastor role in uh, a suburb of Kansas City, Kansas. Oh, no kidding. No That's kidding. New. Started I that a couple of months ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. So, so uh, been, that's my um, sixth time doing that, trying to come in and help uh, encourage a church that uh, um, needs to, um, in some cases, uh, there's some healing that needs to happen, and uh, there's also some uh, refocusing of the mission and uh, other things I love to do. Oh, that's great. So this is, I know you were in Arizona uh, before yep. this, right? And, I was in uh, Phoenix for a while oh, doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, this is great. So, uh, well, you have to look up our good friend, um, Paul Clark. Do you remember Paul? I don't know. Okay. You're putting me on the spot Paul, here. Probably do, and I've forgotten. I am. You're okay. You're okay. Paul was one of the, the, uh, one of the first um, music people with me. Paul, Paul, you okay. say Paul Clark in the same breath with John Fisher and Larry Norman and uh, second chapter of Acts and, and Andre Crouch and, and Randy Matthews and, and Paul Clark. And Paul um, is a just not only a great, great songwriter and singer and pastor in his own right, but uh, just a great, great guy. So you'll have to meet him while you're there. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll tell him about I would love to do you. that if he yeah. is all that you say he is. That's quite a, uh, yeah. <laughs> quite a group you just mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's you will just love him. I, I just knowing you and knowing him, you guys will hit it off big time. So that'll cool. be that'll be fun. Yeah. So, well, Doug, we want to talk. Uh, I want to get right to it because you know we we want to try and keep this to a half hour if we can, and we could talk a long time about this subject. Um, yes, we could. But uh, yep, we. We uh, we've been talking about the the resurgence of uh, focusing on the words of Jesus, and my first question to you is uh, uh, kind of something that I've been I've been I've been forming as we've been going through this, because if you go back to the Jesus movement, um, that's yep. what we were that's where we started. We were all about Jesus, and. Right. Um, you know, that was the whole thing. We were against the institutional church in many ways. We were against uh, 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 some parts of Christianity, but uh, but Jesus, Jesus was cool. Uh, you know, uh, I, I joke sometimes that he was the ultimate hippie, you know, long hair, a beard, and and sandals, and, uh, and he was against the establishment. <laughs> but, but Jesus made sense to our generation and and yet we were countercultural you you think about you think about the Jesus movement and words like revolution and radical you know uh, all come to mind you think of uh uh you know the the uh, uh what was the group up in the bay area the jack sparks led I, the christian I world liberation remember. front yes christian world liberation front yes CWL. On the Berkeley yeah. campus, yeah. That's right. That's right. I was there. And yeah. <laughs> and then let's flash to about ten years ago when Tony Campolo and some of his friends formed 
a website which is called Red Letter Christians, and and now they've been functioning for about ten years, and they're growing, and they have they have events, they have uh, they get they gather together and they make statements and they preach mm-hmm. together, and 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 if you look at their agenda, in many ways, mm-hmm. it's it's an agenda that has to do it, it's pretty radical. It has to do with um, uh, social consciousness. It has to do with uh, grace and mercy and caring for the poor and the homeless and and uh, these kind of things. And then probably leaning a lot more to the left than most Christians would be comfortable with. Um, and mm-hmm. and yet and and I have to okay. I, I this is all a background to my question, <laughs> Doug. Is that why is this why? Is there a reason why when we focus on Jesus, we seem to gravitate and we seem to look radical, revolutionary, uh, countercultural? What? Why do you think that is? Well, for, yeah. First of all, I'm, I'm I, I apologize that N.T. Wright and Scott McKnight weren't available, you know, for this uh, interview, but um, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> A, a, a non-theologian who is uh, focused on uh, very missional and focused on the practical aspects of, of diving into this mission that Jesus has given us. So um, obviously I'm right in line with that theme, red letter Christianity. Of course, um, the words of Jesus, central, essential, um, too often overlooked or misunderstood or dumbed down. And we can't afford to do that because um, this uh, mission we've been given and the word mm-hmm. that uh, – the word that provides all of our marching orders, I mean, it, it emphasizes, it elevates Jesus. And Jesus is central to the Christian faith. And every time he's marginalized or in some way obscured mm. or we get, you know, in, involved with uh, some other aspect of Christian theology, we're, we're missing the point. We're absolutely missing the point. But we have to say at the same time that red-letter Christianity um, still requires the platform of the black letters, um, Old Testament history, uh, the story of Israel, a foundation for grace in the Old Testament, and uh, and the strategy of the law, and then later on the commentary about his life and the application that comes through the apostles. So um, I don't want to divide it up. I see it all as a whole yeah. in Jesus as the epitome, the ideal, um, and ultimately you know the focus of everything that we're talking about. But Jesus wouldn't make as much sense by himself without context because he presumes that context. He's a fulfillment of all that came before him and anticipates all that's coming. And uh, so we have the whole book, the whole revelation, but that is never to deny the, uh, the radical nature of, of, of his mission. So um, I, I'm, I'm with the movement. I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not mm-hmm. directly involved. I'm, I'm with it. I'm, I would endorse it. And uh, I want to make sure that we're uh, still, you know, lined up with Jesus and the yeah. very words of Jesus, which endorses everything else in his word. Yeah, yeah. So that's great. Get, um, I, I, I like the balance that you presented. Uh, I've been thinking a lot about that, and actually I'm writing about it today. Um, but, um, but, but what – let's get back to this radical – Kind of countercultural yeah. Jesus. Let's, um, let's do that. Why? Why? Why does he seem to always come come out looking like 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 he's countercultural? 
uh, because he is. <laughs> he's, counterintu- he's counterintuitive for all of us individually and psychologically because we're very self-oriented and we're very, you know, fear-based. And uh, he goes in a different direction there altogether, and then he becomes countercultural. Um, it isn't the kingdom of Israel he's setting up. It's the kingdom of God. Um, it's not my personal kingdom that he, uh, you know, shows up to endorse, mm. but it's something that God is doing, and I'm called to, to conform to that, to benefit from that, and to live my life according to that. So it's going to be radical because it is not our natural tendency to go in this direction. In fact, we, uh, and when we institutionalize this, we, we do tend to distort it, and therefore we constantly need a renewal and a reminder of those words that are the charter for our whole movement, the, the larger movement, the Jesus movement. Yeah. Yeah. By you the know, way, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no. Well, I was just going to say, you know, we we talk about the the radical uh, message of Jesus, and it is by all accounts. In fact, the word radical is overused. It probably only really applies in this case. This is really radical. It's really new. It's really something that um, completely rocks our world and turns it upside down. Everything he talked about really turned upside down the values of this world and the values that all of us kind of naturally live by because we're, again, ego-driven. And so we have these hard sayings of Jesus. Well, I'm still looking for the easy sayings of Jesus. I, have, I haven't found them. Um, what Jesus <laughs> says is, is, is hard because it's so penetrating and it's so potentially transforming. And I'm reluctant to let go of what I've got. I want to add a little Jesus to what I have. I'd like him to fit into mm. my culture. And, um, and he, he refuses to do that because he, he loves me, he loves us too much to leave us where we are. God has a much better idea. Oh wow! What a great statement, Doug. Uh, that's that is so true. Um, you know, when I think of red letters and I think of the words of Jesus, um, the, the reason I wanted to choose this topic for us to explore is because I just think most Christians are are the almost the least familiar with with. Jesus actual words than than the rest of the scriptures um you know we if you think of matthew five through seven, the Sermon on the Mount, yeah, most people most people when we start right into Matthew five, they just kind of go half a chapter and then go, "What is this <laughs> you know? yeah i mean sure. and and we just read over it. I can read And yet it's so compelling. How can you how can you not dive yeah. into it? It's so compelling. Yeah. But I but think sure, it's, we it's, do a lot it's of mystifying it. at first. Yeah. Yeah, we we do a lot of ignoring of it, I think, because we don't understand. I I I'm Well, here's here's what we here's what we tend to do and even pastor even pastors tend to do this. They they will say, "Okay, listen to these words. Now what Jesus really meant." And and, and we kind ah. of homogenize it, and we kind of make it safer, and we want to feel more secure with his words because he's demanding so much, and yet it's liberating when we get a hold of it, obviously. We can't do it without a, a profound, a deep personal relationship with him, following closely with him and trusting him absolutely because we know it doesn't work in this world according to the world system. But he's creating – he's reminding us of a whole different way of viewing life, the life, of course, that he's creator of. Okay, okay, Doug. Now, 
I'm going to, I want us to jump right into a, a, a really vital topic right now, and it's controversial. And let's, let's see. I, I just want us to, given everything we said so far, um, how do you relate the words of Jesus to what I saw in, in the newspaper this morning, actually? I opened the Los Angeles Times on the front page, picture of a guy addressing a group of mostly men, that's all I saw in the picture, um, uh, at Mariner's Church in here in Southern California. Very good, right on evangelical uh, church uh, here right. in Southern California. Many people will probably know about Mariner's. And um, biblical, you know, strong, uh, evangelical. And what the seminar was about is protecting ourselves from mass shooters who will come into our churches. And some of the things said just kind of raised a whole bunch of red flags for me, stuff like um, faith isn't enough. You're basically implying you know, you've got to have a gun, too, if faith isn't enough. The, the people who brought this seminar were uh, from a, a rifle association, not the NRA, but a California one. And so it's kind of the same orientation. And uh, they're not telling everybody to go out and get a gun, but they're saying, but they did they say very clearly, if you do, if somebody doesn't have one, you are unprepared. And uh, then also uh, things like um, we don't close your eyes when you pray because uh, that's when they're going to open fire on you. And, um, <clears throat> you know, this kind of, in other words, trying to, you, you know, and, and, and teach, teach people how to throw projectiles at somebody or this or that, how to defend themselves, in other words. Now, I read that, and I've been spending four weeks in the Sermon on the Mount where I mm -hmm. if someone if someone forces you to go one mile go two if someone strikes you in the right cheek turn the left one if someone takes your shirt give him your coat too I look at, at a total opposite of resistance and um, and not only that, not those are the words of Jesus. And then I look at the life of Jesus, Doug, and, and I don't ever see Jesus resisting um, anything except for the Pharisees in the temple. But I don't see him resisting any of the power uh, authorities that were coming to him from the culture around him. He, uh, he, he was non-resistant. And uh, how can you say, how do you juxtapose those two things? Uh, it's, a, it's a conundrum to me. Well, you've caught me off guard here with this question, but I love it because it's real challenging. It's real life, and it's in the news, news you know, it's headlines today. Yeah. So let me just offer yeah. a few comments, and again, trying to keep in mind, trying to keep as our central reference point the words of Jesus, because that's what we're doing today. And we should do that every right. day, by the way, not just on your radio program. <laughs> and the first thing I think of is is how fear has overtaken us in the church. And that can't be right, that we become fear-based. Now, we have a right to, I think, um, to think through security. 
when there's a gathering of large people, protect uh, everybody there, including especially the children, but everyone who is there. So there, there are some security concerns. I mean, we do that with children and, you know, security measures we take when mm-hmm. in the children's program. And, and uh, there are reasonable right. steps that can be taken. I see this as going a huge leap beyond that. And, uh, and, and now we're inducing a kind of paranoia. Not that this can't happen, because it has happened. It happened here in Texas, in, in a church. In fact, I stood mm-hmm. in a sanctuary of the church where mm-hmm. it happened less than three weeks earlier. I, I stood there and I felt the overpowering mm. um, and, and, mm. and uh, you know, incomprehensible evil that must have overtaken that man to do that to those 26 people. They were mm-hmm. there. The chairs were there with their mm-hmm. names on it and a, and a, and a red rose with a, with a, a pink flower oh. where there was a little baby who died. And uh, the mm. church has now been turned into a kind of a monument. Uh, they're not using that sanctuary. Anyway, um, I could spend a lot of time mm. reflecting upon that. And I've been places where that kind of violence has suddenly erupted. And uh, we all know about that now because it's all over the media and in schools and even in churches. Um, but, you know, to be careful about taking up the sword, Jesus would, um, you know, he kind of said, yeah, you've got two swords. Well, that's enough. And uh, then he told Peter mm-hmm. to put away his sword in the garden. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think Jesus implies passivity. In fact, I think mm-hmm. he, he requires something actually um, that takes much more courage when we are facing evil. He doesn't say don't resist. He's saying, but be careful how you resist, because God has a way, and it's by doing good. It's by showing love. It's by intercepting mm-hmm. evil on its on, on the way to on, on his path to do something you know harmful. Uh, it's about sacrificing yourself to stop somebody from doing um, something evil. Um, and I, I don't claim to have all the answers to this in terms of security, but it seems like this emphasis now. And, and by the way, I, I don't know that we should be spending all of our time about how to protect the church. What about this world that's kind of in trouble these days? Shouldn't we be spending even as much time, if not a lot more time, thinking about how we intervene for the sake of our young people who are who are in trouble and who are afraid and who are under attack mm. and, and who wonder if anybody cares about them. Um, are, we, are we spending time talking about them? The church is not to be self-protective in the way that a typical institution is, it seems to me. Um, and uh, we should be much more than that. I just come back from a five-week trip um, into Europe and also into Israel and Palestine. And so I'm thinking about these issues a lot, especially the first leg of our trip, which was a peacemaking tour in, in Israel and Palestine, and watching people who were trying to do some, some work there at the epicenter of, of world conflict. And um, those who are doing the greatest work are not carrying swords, but they're using all kinds of other creative measures to face down the evil and the oppression around them. Um, and we have to do that. Um, I, I don't deny that there mm. might be a component of security even physical security, mm-hmm. but I think it's so much more than that when we're the church of Jesus. Wow. That's so good, Doug. Um, oh, uh, I'm just, uh, I'm sorry. I, I got so into listening to you that I forgot I'm supposed to be asking <laughs> <the> questions. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm thinking of um, how I think this fear thing is is really key and 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 really important. Yeah. And yeah. somehow we need to be conveying something different um, to each other and to the world that 
that we are not afraid. And and the reason we are not afraid because uh, because Jesus prayed for us. Jesus prayed that we wouldn't. He didn't. He prayed that we wouldn't be removed from the world, but that we would be protected from the evil one. And and he's, always, he's the shepherd. He's the shepherd who protects us from the wolf, the wolves. You know, he protects yeah. his sheep. And uh, if uh, if we're focused on that, you know, we don't live fear-based. We live, um, you know, completely convinced of this perfect love which drives out this fear that can make us – and our world shrinks now, and we're thinking in very small ways about just us and how we're doing and what threat threats there might be out there. And yet we're called to intervene, right. to put our bodies in front of evil – as evil takes on the world, we're called to be redemptive and a redemptive influence there. So uh, I just think there's a whole different approach that's much more important than simply calling up, um, you know, someone for a, a physical um, uh, kind of analysis. Yeah. Um, I'm not denying that that might be a component of it, but it certainly can't be overriding our real concerns, mm-hmm. our call from Jesus himself. Well, I like what you're saying about the creative creative ways of uh of actually returning good uh, for evil and what about and, what and, about john reaching out re- reaching out to the young men in our community the young in this case you know typically young middle class white men you know i mean the, the, there's there's a great struggle going on now among people who are feeling outcast and 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 you know that was the motivation apparently of several of these young men they're 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 feeling rejected they're feeling mm-hmm. bullied. Um, what are we what are we offering people? What are we offering families? Where are their parents? How are we helping them and supporting them? Um, let's go to the root of the issue. Jesus is always calling us to go beyond the surface, you know, just the, the momentary concern to the real root causes and the real root solutions that, that he alone offers. That's really good. That's really good. Um, do you think there there are any dangers uh focusing do you think we could focus too much on the words of jesus um i do not think we can focus too much on his words but i want Uh i want because jesus himself you know commends the old testament prophets and writings um and, and, and you know that helps us understand him and he kind of presumes that background when he's speaking to his disciples and to others to the crowds and uh um, he promises the Holy Spirit that's going to come and inspire his apostles to continue, you know, receiving truth and, and sharing truth. So I want to pay attention to his words, including those words to look back and look ahead. But I never want to leave out, you know, his primary teaching, which is the, which is the summit mm-hmm. of all that he has to offer. And, uh, and yeah. there's, there's so much there we could spend a lifetime and beyond and, and just begin to sort of plumb the depths of all that he has for us and to make sure it applies to our lives and that we're living this. Doug, what do you love most about the words of Jesus? I love how penetrating they are. I love the fact that um, his words expose without humiliating um, you take, for example, the conversation with the Samaritan woman in, in John four. I mean, he, um, you know, he, he disassembles, you know, her carefully constructed, you know, image of herself and kind of the way she's hiding behind some of the pain that she feels, and yet he's he's drawing her to him at the same time. And he, his words do that. They they um, they challenge you. They confront you. 
But there's something about it that's also so appealing because nobody else has these kinds of words. The crowds are always reacting with, he speaks as one who has authority. He's not like our religious leaders who are just parroting somebody else and just offering some kind of, you know, formulaic kind of thing. Jesus is, is, is coming with something that is so brand new. He's, he'll say something like, love one another as I have loved you. This is a great command. This is a new command I give you. We say, well, that's not a new command. The new part is, Love one another as I have loved you, because no, nobody ever loved us like like he does. And and so there's again something about those words that are confronting, and our tendency is to run away, is to hide, it's too much light. We're going to duck into the shadows, and yet, where else will we go for the words of eternal life, as Peter once said? And so yeah. and yeah. so you're drawn, and that's that's true for me personally, and I see it true of of, of communities of faith that are. Doing, are trying to take to heart these words and live them out. And we need to just get these words inside of us and uh, hear the voice of the one who is present with us today. And they really are unique, aren't they? The words of Jesus, they are. Are, are, are. you can't compare them to anything. There's nothing else like it. There isn't, there isn't anybody else who speaks like this, and um, these words are known by everybody. I mean, even if they don't know the source, and even if they kind of misquote or kind of change it around a bit, you know, the truth will set you free. I had someone once tell me that that um, he thought that was, um, you know, you know, where did that come? He didn't know where it came from. I told him, well, Jesus of Nazareth was the source, and he said, well, it's such a cliche. And I said, well, it wasn't a cliche when he first said it. It's become a cliche, and we sort of, you know, put it on on buildings, you know. And uh, but if you put it in, again in its context, it is it's incredibly uh, riveting and compelling, and it will change your life. But are you willing to face the truth? Because you know, most of the time we can't handle the truth that yeah. will set us free. Yeah. Oh, this has been great. Um, one, I got one last question for you, Doug. Um, what kind of people would we be if if we really did focus on the words of Jesus? Well, we would be incredibly honest and authentic because he forces that on us. We have to tell the truth about ourselves and uh, the truth about our own condition and the truth about our own needs because he came to he came to help those who were in need he came to heal the sick and uh, that's me otherwise i don't get his help because i don't need it and uh, so we would be very humble people and at the same time we would be incredibly bold because of the empowerment of his words i mean the humility and the boldness improbably together almost like a contradiction but and yet and that's 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 the the, the true genius of and uh, the, the uh, you know incredible effect of his words, um, and his words are, again are are tied to his person. You can't just say, well, these are great quotes. This is this is his personality being manifested through his words. He lived it, and um, he showed it. He demonstrated demonstrated it, and and he teaches it. But it's it's more than just words on a page. You know, it's words that have to leap off that page and grab our hearts. And uh, make this relationship um, current and contemporary, and 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 powerful and fearless and fearless. Mm. 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 Wow! Thank you so much. It, it's always fun to have you on on the show, and um, you always bring 
something uh, fresh and alive, and I just uh, I just appreciate you very much. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, and uh, you know, ask me again because I, I enjoy the uh, the conversation with you, John. Thank you. <laughs> okay, okay, and I'll send you some uh, information about Paul Clark. I, I'm excited about that. Terrific. <sighs> okay. All right, Doug. Blessings. Okay. Thank you again. Blessings back at you. All right. Yep. Bye, bye, John. Good night. Well, everybody, uh, there you go. There you have it. That was. Uh, uh, just a wonderful look at uh, the letters of Jesus, pro and con, where we can get overdone on it, what we need, how the countercultural nature. Uh, I, I can tell you, I'm I'm listening to this one again, and uh, I hope you'll roll back and hear it too, because uh, there's a lot here for us to uh, learn from. So thank you for joining us. Uh, we're still in the red letters, so keep reading them and keep reading the catch because we're we're just we're going to go as far as we have time to go with this um, probably till the end of this month. But uh, hang in there because uh, uh, this has been this has been rich. So uh, God bless you. Uh, keep on. realize how important it is and how different the words of Jesus are, how they make us sit up and take notice. God bless you. Ryan here and I have a question for you what do you do when you win like are you a fist pumper a woohooer a hand clapper a high fiver I kind of like the high five but if you want to hone in on those winning moves check out Chumba Casino at ChumbaCasino.com choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes there are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses so don't wait start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com no purchase necessary VGW group void prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus